Welcome to the Battle Academy podcast. My name is Monica. You may know me in-game as Anthissa. And this is episode five. This is kind of a little bit of a landmark for me because most of my other attempts at starting a podcast didn't even get past one. So this is pretty significant. I am now one month into doing this show. Thank you guys so much. It means a lot to me that you're listening and enjoying this. And I really, really appreciate it. So today's episode, we are going to talk about the metagame. The metagame is pretty much what controls what kind of Pokemon you need to pick depending on the battle scenario you're going into. If it's PvP, if it's self, if it's battles against rocket leaders or gym battles or raids, there is a specific meta for each situation. For those of you who are entirely new to all of this, you may not be familiar with the word meta or what it means, so we're going to start by kind of defining the word and taking a look at what that means. We're also going to look at what you need to be aware of in terms of the meta. The meta is not completely solid. It is a fluid kind of thing, so that's one thing we're going to be looking at, and how it affects your gameplay even if you're not doing PvP at the current moment. Yes, the metagame affects how you play the rest of the game if you are serious about PvP. Then we're going to finish it up after the break with a little bit of speculation on how you can kind of build your own meta based on the meta that actually exists. Um, we're also going to talk about a new and interesting resource that recently came out by Go Stadium. They have this new thing called MetaCores. That's going to be really, really interesting, I think. So it's a bit of a bigger show than I'm used to, so this will be fun. So again, thanks for joining me, and I hope you enjoy it. First off, what is Meta? Generally speaking, gameplay-wise, Meta is pretty much core mechanics of strategy for a game. You know, what's your best loadout going to be? For Pokemon Go, it is defined pretty much as the most useful or best Pokemon for the job. What is going to give you the best success depending on which battling scenario you're going into? The meta is going to be different depending on what you're doing. Are you raiding? Are you gym battling? Is it rocket leaders and rocket grunts? Or are you doing Sylph Arena or Go Battle League for PvP? Sylph pretty much has theirs under control, the way they do their cups, the limiting of Pokemon, which types are useful, which are banned. Are you allowed shadows and legendaries or are you not? So that's kind of like its own different beast. We're going to focus mainly on PvP meta for Go Battle League. The one thing to keep in mind is that meta is not a 100% fixed thing. It is fluid. It depends on all different kinds of things that are going on. And the best example of this is the recent shakeup with the different moves that you can have on your Pokemon. Focus Blast got a bit of a nerf and a rework, so to speak, and it made it easier to work against Registeel if you go up against it in battle. So it's a little easier to counter, and that's part of the meta and how it changes and flexes as things happen. New Pokemon are released or the game undergoes some kind of update where the moves are rebalanced or new moves are added. All of it is 
moving and changing and growing. So you always need to be aware of that when you're trying to build a team for PvP. Another thing you really need to be mindful when concern of meta is to keep it in mind when you're going through your Pokemon storage, when you're deciding where you want to spend your candies, your rare candies, and your Stardust, especially with your TMs. When you go to build a Pokemon, you definitely need to be aware of IVs and metas. I mentioned the TMs because the article that I'm going off of for all of this is another Pokemon Go Hub article. Yes, I am still going off of the beginner's guide to PvP as I do these first few episodes. They mentioned that the key to meta and building within it is the moveset. Moveset is going to be the key. I mentioned that in my first couple of episodes when I was talking about that. It's why I made it my third episode going because to me, it always felt like one of the key components right after the type effectiveness chart. So keep in mind the move set is what's going to help the most because if you have a move set that moves quickly and builds quickly, it is going to give you a good Pokemon for the meta. And you can use the TMs to kind of give your Pokemon a bit of a boost in all of this by taking advantage of what is known as stab. I've heard this term thrown around a lot and if you're new to all this, you have too. And you may have been wondering, like I did, what exactly is stab? Stab is same type attack bonus. Basically, this is a little boost we talked about when we talked about movesets in episode three. Matching your attack type to your Pokemon type will give you a little bit of a boost in the amount of damage that you do. This could mean the difference in how fast you're able to get your charge attack built up so you can fire it off and hopefully get it fired off before they fire off theirs. Just a little bit of a definition there for you on that. It is worth taking advantage of. The example that's given in one of the articles about movesets is a gym battle against Blissey using a Machamp. And for that, you want to make sure you have fighting type moves on the Machamp so you get the stab bonus because Blissey has a weakness to fighting. So if you make it where the attack matches the Pokemon type, you're going to get a little bit better of an edge against that Blissey in the gym. All of this, of course, is highly important to actually building your team. This is why I kind of wanted to get into the meta this way. What you need to keep in mind as you build your team is that you have Pokemon that are able to beat the meta. If you're just starting out, yes, it helps to have one or two good, highly meta Pokemon on your team, but I think a good rule of thumb is to make sure you have at least a couple that may be a little off meta built up that you can kind of use as fill-ins and that they are going to be able to handle when you do run into other meta Pokemon. In my opinion, having a diverse spread of Pokemon built up for, say, Great League would give you a little bit of a better advantage across a couple of different reasons. One, you want to be able to beat whoever you come up against. So having something that's a little bit different from the meta but can counter it is going to give you a little bit of an advantage there. The flip side of this is that you need to know what your weaknesses are so that somebody else isn't taking advantage of them when you come up. 
if your team is all strictly meta Pokemon, a lot of the stronger players already know how to counter those, and they may have a team built specifically to take that team out. So having diversity in the way you build your team, again, that's going to be the number one thing I preach, uh, so to speak. It's going to make it a little bit harder for them to be able to counter you. Plus, if you're aware of what your weaknesses are, you can build your team kind of around that a little bit to best cover those. And if you use your switching the right way, it could put you in a really good advantage situation. Now, you may be sitting there scratching your head and going, okay, she's I get the majority of this, but she's talking about diversity. What exactly does she mean by that? What I mean by this is to pick and build your Pokemon for whatever you're doing, either Go Battle League or Sylph Cup or whatever, and make sure that when you pick them and put them together, you are covering your weaknesses. As tempting as it may be to go into Go Battle League with multiple Pokemon of the same type, say a couple of grasses, it's not a wise idea to do that because you're very likely to end up coming against a team that may have only one weakness to grass and two other Pokemon on the back end that you didn't see who are easily obliterating grass, either, say, fire or bug, perhaps, that could very easily, without breaking a sweat, obliterate both of your grass Pokemon without hesitation. So making sure you have a way to counter those that may counter you is a very, very good idea. This is why the type effectiveness chart is so important. Use that to build, say, a handful of Pokemon for Go Battle League, and you'll be able to easily pick between Pokemon based on what you're seeing mostly in the matchmaking. Me, personally, I keep a wide range of Great League powered up Pokemon who have second moves and everything. However, right now I'm currently running a Haunter, Skarmory, Alolan Ninetales, Alolan Raichu, Wishcash, Obstagoon, and a few others. I will trade in or out between other ones like uh, Lucario or, say, Gardevoir or Clefable, just to kind of throw some variance and spice into it a little bit to see if I can use one of those to better counter one of my opponents. But it's always a good idea to have a wide range of selectability so you're not constantly running the same thing and matchmaking kind of has you pinned down where they're constantly giving people who can easily beat you. And yes, matchmaking is definitely one of the things to keep your eye on because once it starts to figure out what you're running, it's going to throw everything at you to shut you down. So having the variety gives you a little bit to shake it up and everything. And It never hurts to try something that's outside the meta a little bit. You could surprise yourself. Personally, I think Skatank is going pretty good right now. I like using him anyway. He's a little weak, but he fires pretty well. And he can do some serious damage if you've got him built right. So that's an option to think of as well. I know my kid sister is currently running Scizor and Houndour. Um... I don't know what the third is, but she's running that and it's doing pretty good for her at the moment. So it it is interesting to see what's going on and what you can kind of look at. And with that, I'm going to pull into this other article from GoHub that'll give you a list of meta-relevant Pokemon. Now, these aren't like 
legendaries and mythicals. And this is stuff that you can get wherever you're at pretty much that is going to be really good to run. Not really no matter what, because like I said, things change and the meta is fluid and flexible. But these are some Pokemon you might want to look at making sure you have. Uh, one, of course, is the Houndoom I mentioned earlier. I did say Houndour. She's actually running Houndoom. And it is a good alternative to have if you can't get a well-built Tyranitar. Uh, it is very good for countering Mewtwo and Latios and Latias. And fire against steel is always a good idea. So if somebody's coming with like a very pesky Skarmory, Houndoom's a good idea to keep in your back pocket just in case. Same thing for this next one, Arcanine. If you don't have a Moltres or an NT, uh, Reggie Ice and Reggie Steel, it's a good counter for those. Now, this is this article is based on raid meta Pokemon, but you can kind of carry it over into PvP a little bit as well. They also suggest Flareon in case uh, you don't have Moltres or NT. Thing is, the Flareon is going to be a little bit weaker, I think. They do have Jolteon listed as well if you don't have Raikou or Zapdos. However, it, again, Jolteon, the basic evolutions are a little hit or miss. So Jolteon, Flareon, and Vaporeon, which all show up here, maybe not PvP relevant, but they do have Espeon listed. And as being a good substitute, if you don't have a Mewtwo or an Alakazam for Great Battle League, another Pokemon to consider that's not listed here is the Umbreon as well. Now those, it's going to be a little tricky. And if you have the Elite TM, or you get it eventually, you definitely want to see if you can get an Espeon or an Umbreon with Last Resort on it, because they can and will tear up PvP, just at least to an extent that they are worthwhile having. So if you can get a well-built Espeon or Umbreon, that is definitely worth considering, especially considering Eevees are absolutely everywhere. They, I love them, but they're kind of like a plague a little bit. Not bad, bad, but you pretty much can't go anywhere in the world without seeing an Eevee. They also suggest Cloyster or Pillow Swine in place of Lapras, Rhydon in place of Groudon, although you don't really get Groudon in Great League, but Rhydon is worth considering, especially if you're wanting to build up for Master League or Ultra League. And Ursaring in place of Machamp, Breloom as well. Uh, there used to be a lot of talk about Breloom as a good PvP Pokemon. It's kind of died off every so often, but it is worth considering that it is a good Pokemon. And then, of course, they also list Executor and Golem. Now, again, this is all based on raids. This article was written before PvP, but not by much. So all of those are worth considering, especially some of those fire Pokemon because a lot of the meta is running steel, but you have to be aware that a good chunk of the meta is also water. So keep something in your back pocket, like a good grass Pokemon, Venusaur or Meganium, to kind of counter the Azumarill when you eventually run into it. Because let's face it, Azumarill is a nightmare. Everybody's got a good Azu, if they can have one. I know I was supposed to discuss all of that after the break, but, <laughs> but I kind of found myself on a roll, couldn't stop myself, but it is what it is. So I'm going to take a short little break, get me some water, 
And then after the break, we're going to discuss this new thing from Ghost Stadium about GBL Metacores. I think it's really interesting, and it may help you kind of think about how to build a team that could break the meta so you can have a little bit more success going forward. I'll be back in just a moment. bitty break there. If you're interested in any of the music you hear on this podcast or my other podcast, Catan Public Radio, you need to check out Game Chops. Really good music, really relaxing, and sounds really energizing. So that's just a little heads up if you want to go check those out later. Links will be listed in the description of the show, along with links for all the resources that I've used for today's episode. And I just wanted to do a little bitty bit of housekeeping, just kind of let you guys know what's coming down the pipeline for the future of this podcast and hopefully everything else that I've got going on. I do currently have a Teespring shop for merch under construction at the moment. I've got to upload a few more designs, fix a few things, and then set everything to public. But you will be able to find it under the name Pegasus Podcast and Gaming. It's going to cover this podcast, Battle Academy Podcast, as well as Catan Public Radio and any other audio venture I decide to take on, as well as creating merch for when my streaming channel gets going. So it's going to be interesting. I have like a million ideas in my head (laughs) and narrowing down is kind of hard. I also eventually want to get a Discord server going. And as part of that, I am going to set up a Patreon. So that way I can kind of do some exclusive stuff for people who are interested in supporting the show that way. You can also, if you're interested, Support the show through my Red Circle page, redcircle.com slash Battle Academy podcast. And uh, there is like a donation slash chip jar kind of thing there if you're interested in donating. All of that, of course, going to help fund me going to events to get new information and to make sure that I have up-to-date equipment to continue to bring you guys this kind of information that you're interested in so on and so forth. It'll also kind of fund adventures that I want to go on, go places, go to different Pokemon events, meet you guys, and maybe exchange information through the Discord server. It would be cool if I got the Discord server up and running to kind of do like a monthly tournament. I think that would be fun. Start with one a month and then maybe build up to maybe two or three a month. I think that would be really cool to do with you guys. So that's just a little bit of what I hope to eventually accomplish with everything that's going on. It's really easy to kind of look into the future now. Well, easier now to look into the future now that I've been doing this for a a month and kind of hope to where I want to be in a few more months. So if you want to support the show in any way, I would genuinely appreciate it. It would mean a lot to me. And you can support just by leaving comments on YouTube on the YouTube channel through the episodes that I post there. 
I got a really cool one that just made my week when I saw it. Um, they were listening to episode two. They said they couldn't wait for episode four and it just made my day. And I would like to apologize for not having episode four up on YouTube just yet. Red Circle changed the way they do things. I now have to manage the downloads myself. That will be fixed. That will be corrected. And this episode will be on YouTube shortly after I get it posted live to Red Circle and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, so on and so forth. So let's finish out this show by talking about this new resource from Go Stadium. And I'm talking about new, new. It came out probably close to the beginning of this week. Uh, actually, it says a day ago. And today is uh, late Wednesday, early Thursday as I'm reading this. So this came out a day ago. And it is called Go Battle League Metacores. And what they have decided to do is create this series of articles detailing what the core meta for Go Battle League is and to create an infographic to kind of help you build around that core, either to use the core yourself or to counter the core to give you a better chance of winning, give you better odds at least a little bit. And they've broken it down and it's a really interesting infographic. In the center, you have the three Pokemon of the core. One of the cores they have is Galarian Stunfisk, Azumarill, and Tropius. Not everybody's going to have Tropius. It is region locked. Sorry, just letting you know. And around it are six different Pokemon. And there is a colored bar, three different colored bars around them, detailing how they would do against different members of this core. So... Ludicolo, for example, has two win bars that equal Galarian Stunfisk and Azumarill, but has a narrow loss bar indicating Tropius. Basically saying in a situation, ideal situation they set up, Ludicolo will win against Azumarill and Galarian Stunfisk, but will narrowly lose to Tropius. Now they're using information from pvpoke.com and battle simulations that they've run to kind of get an idea of what the best Pokemon to counter the core that they're working with would be. I think this is going to help everybody and kind of change the game a little bit. This is a great resource. I will link the description, or I will link it in the description, pardon me, so that you have a chance to look at this as well. And this is going to be like a weekly series thing that they've said. And they've got some extra information about uh, what numbers they used and everything. And the article just basically breaks down the infographic to let you know what the Pokemon are what the attacks on them are, or most likely are going to be, and the attacks that are good for countering. Uh, basically, they discuss the core first, and then they go into the core breakers, which are the Pokemon listed around the edge in the infographic. And it basically discusses why these are core breakers. It's a really interesting article, and it shows you what moves are exclusive, what you'll need to use an elite TM to get and how and why it comes out on top against these core Pokemon. So this is definitely worth going through and making sure you get a hold of it as well, especially for those of you who are relatively new to Go Battle League or even if you are, have been doing the Go Battle League grind, you're rank five and you can't break out and you feel like you're butting your head or if you get stuck in say Lemp 
level seven limbo, which is where I've been the past couple of seasons. And it's just a really great resource to have. Another core they've got is Azumarill, Altaria, and Registeel, which is one you're probably going to see a lot of. And the core breakers are Lapras, Seeking, Azumarill, Whiskash, Alolan Raichu, and Zapdos. And of course, each one reacts differently to each member of the core. So definitely worth checking out. They also have another resource that came out recently. I think this is the one that came out earlier in the week. And again, I'm going to link this in the description as well. And it is a glossary for PvP terms. Uh, restricted or themed format, meta, off-meta, anti-meta. We can get into a deeper discussion on meta through this as well. IV, stats, stat products, so on and so forth. It's a really lengthy list, actually. Kind of surprised by that. I didn't realize there were so many terms. And uh, I may go into doing some of these per show, maybe just looking at one or two at a time to kind of talk about it. And uh, really quick, let's see what they say about meta. Again, this is Go Stadium. The website is stadiumgaming.gg. And this is from their glossary of terms. Meta, the subset of Pokemon along those the subset of Pokemon among those eligible that you should be prepared to regularly face and strongly consider including on your team. This subset of Pokemon can become more rigidly defined and potentially reach an equilibrium over time. Notably, a Pokemon might be considered meta for a number of reasons. Example, strong matchup performance across the field or having a highly anti-meta role. So They're covering exactly what I said in the first half of the show. The meta is fluid. It fluctuates and changes. So their definition is pretty close to what I said earlier. These are the Pokemon you are more likely going to face more often than not. And you need to be prepared to counter them or find some way to build them up and have them on your team. From a beginner standpoint, depending on what Pokemon you have, I'd say preparing to counter them might be to the best advantage. Just a thought process. So in that case, you'd want to look at what the anti-meta is. Uh, And their definition of that is Pokemon that, while often performing worse against the field, leverage positive matchups against a large fraction of meta-centric Pokemon to carve out a niche. Importantly, fundamentally, anti-meta Pokemon can themselves become meta over time. So it's just... An idea and a strategy to take when you go into doing your Go Battle League. All right. I believe that is going to be a show for today. I hope you guys have enjoyed everything. I hope I have cleared it up a little bit. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me through any social media outlet, Twitter, Anthisa21, Instagram, anthisa dot 21 or you can hit up my gmail account a nerdblog at gmail.com all one word all lowercase feel free to contact me free feel to ask me questions call me out on something you think that might not be right if i've messed up please let me know i am more than glad to do research to correct myself thank you so much for joining me i hope you enjoy this show i hope you have enjoyed this whole series and i will see you guys in a week have a great one 